I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. My name is Jason Perry. I'm the director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics. I'm joined today with Morgan Lyoncotti, the associate director of the Institute. We're so glad you're with us today. A lot of big things happening right now, Morgan. Big press conference uh, from the governor. uh, Made some clarifications that many of us have been watching. But one person in particular has been watching this closely in behalf of her district, uh, a large portion of which is in the Salt Lake School District, and that is Senator Luz Escamilla. Senator, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. We're so glad to have you. Why don't we just start? I know, I'm sure you watched the, the, the press uh, uh, conference from the governor. Uh, what is your reaction? You know, I actually was in a meeting, but I've been hearing the reports from KSL on my phone. But I, you know, just I think clarification is important. I was at a Department of Health meeting yesterday as well, and there's a lot of questions. The reality is COVID-19 still, uh, there's a lot of unknowns. And as a state, we're moving forward in making decisions based on the outcomes that we're seeing. And, I, you know, the governor is in that position right now. But, you know, I, I don't I'm not I didn't watch the entire press conference, but just listening to some of the of the uh, short pieces there. But at the end of the day, well, what we want is a safe state and a place where kids can be safe. I know there's been a lot of conversations about children going back to school and the masks. But, you know, that will be my point at, at where we are right now. Well, uh, uh, thank you for helping to keep us safe in your other meetings today, too. We knew you had a lot of them. Maybe what I'll do really quickly is, uh, is just play a clip from the governor about some modifications to the orange guidelines. This is something that uh, that I know you have been talking about, and really this is the opportunity for the governor, which what he did today, which was a, a big move, which was untying the hands of the Salt Lake School District since they are in the orange category. Uh, Senator, maybe let's play this, this clip for you from the governor and then get your take on that. We're going to make a modification to the orange guidelines to accommodate Salt Lake City School District and those schools which are found inside the Salt Lake City limits so that they also can open up and have every opportunity that the other districts and other schools in Salt Lake County have by virtue of being in yellow. All right. So, Senator, this is something I know that you have talked about. It's sort of just making sure everything is equal, particularly in your district, which uh, straddles two different school districts. Correct. So, as we know, Salt Lake City, you know, because of the hot spots, happens to be in a, in a place where we have more COVID-19 positives and the city continues in orange. So this is, gives the ability to the school district, which is uh, it has its own elected governing board um, to make decisions of what we, how we move forward as we start, you know, school year in, in August. And I think that that was important. We need to have flexibility at the same time, understanding that different areas in the state have different needs and we, we need to respond to those needs in a different way. 
Senator, one thing that we've also been watching that you've been doing, well, I know we want to ask you about masks, but I actually also want to ask you about pre-K and daycare facilities, because I know you've been really worried about some of your constituents who have kids at home, can't necessarily work from home, they might be frontline workers. So can you tell us what you've been doing also to make sure that those those organizations and businesses and nonprofits can open up safely? So the reality is, you know, in, in, in my district, I have the highest rate of COVID-19 positives happen to be those hotspots in the west side of the valley. And we have um, a community and, and a constituency that has to be in the workforce uh, on site. So not everyone has the privilege from, you know, to work from home and be home and be able to, uh, you know, quarantine or isolate with their with their family. And others have to be in the workplace. So what happens to those children? And that's really where there's this mixed emotions and feelings and people are getting very um Concern about what's going to happen starting the new school year because, yeah, they obviously want to make sure everyone is safe and healthy, but many families don't have the option of staying at home with their kids. They have to go to and work. So, we, you know, my district is hurting. Again, you know, we tend to have those districts where you have more of the working families, working poor families, disproportionately being impacted by decisions and, and by the outcome of this COVID 19 uh, pandemic. So, we my my take is we need to be proactive. We've been implementing more community health workers in those communities so they can bring resources and, and, and help and assess the needs of those communities. But the reality is adequate, high-quality child care needs are, are high right now. But we also have the school-age children that will be in need of being in a safe place when school starts. And that's the question right now is what do we do with our kids so they don't stay behind on their education, so the achievement gap, related to the digital divide that they may be facing because they have no access to a computer, internet, or someone that could guide them through the process of education because their parents are working. There may be limited English proficient. I mean, you have all these social determinants of health that are making it really difficult for kids to um, be able to keep up with other peers in other parts of the state or other communities. Speaking of, of safety, uh, Senator, one of the things you've been uh, leading the charge on is this issue of masks. The, the governor certainly addressed it uh, today in his press conference as he talked about the expectation that uh, kids in schools will be wearing masks. But he talked about uh, a, a lot about the, the, the sides of this issue, particularly uh, in the, through the lens of what was happening in Utah County yesterday. But you and all of your counterparts, all the Democrats, particularly in the legislature, signed a letter to the governor about masks. Maybe talk about that and some of the efforts you've had uh, in, that, in that respect. Yeah, thank you, Jason. The reality is, if we really want to flatten the curve, we know that one of the easiest things we can do is mask up. And I know people have different feelings about why they use a mask or not, and we can get all technical here, but the reality is that measure by itself allows us to control, have a better control on those COVID-19 positive cases and the way we spread the disease. So if we want to really have actions that are meaningful, meaning towards education of our kids. So I know the governor already put a mandate. Every child and anyone in the school facility will have a mask. We do it for the uh, state agencies. We need this mask up to be in the entire state. Why? Because even if you mask up in the in your workplace, but then you go to the store and you don't have a mask, I mean, that is, again, you're not stopping the whole spread of the disease. And we want to make sure that our kids, by the time they go back to school and our teachers are going to be safe, if we put that mandate right now, I believe it will make a huge difference moving us into August to get ready to school. So that's why we're, as Democrats, we came out both of our caucus say, please, Governor, we really would love to see that be a statewide mandate. We think people, many people are already doing it, and it's been great to see the change. But then you have 
areas where there's resistance even for schools. We know this is important. And I and again, you know, some there may be specific cases or, you know, other healthcare conditions, but those are the very rare cases. We know the vast for the vast majority, putting a mask on will keep us safe and will stop the spread of the disease. And we want if we want our kids to go back to school, we need to make sure they will be safe and those teachers are gonna be safe as well. Senator, with just the last minute we have uh, with you, we want to hear what else you're working on. Is there upcoming legislation you're thinking about for the special session, special session, or even for the 2021 session? Thank you. And yes, we are. There's a lot of work still happening with the COVID-19, and uh, some of my colleagues, specifically Representative Romero, and I've been working on the community COVID community partnership with Department of Health and the Salt Lake County um, and other entities <clears throat> to have better interventions on the hotspots and the communities that are disproportionately being impacted. So that's stuff that we'll, you will see on special session issues and moving forward. But we're also been a lot of conversation on police reform. We had a meeting today with the Department of Public Safety, law, other law enforcement agencies, and NAACP. Again, moving us into the 2021 legislative session. That re, but we need to keep in mind we're going to be dealing with a huge recession. So our budget is going to be a big part of the conversation, and that's why the more we can right now get us ready for the difficulties that we will face because of the pandemic and COVID-19 in terms of our budget. Um, we want to do as much as we can to put infrastructure right now with some of the federal funds that we have in place so we can move forward and really have the outcomes that we want and, and tackle the recession that we will be facing as a community and succeeding. I mean, I know as a state we've always done this, and, and but it will be, it's going to be tough a uh, couple of legislative sessions until we get this through this recession and this pandemic. Well, Senator, we, we are so grateful that you're on the, sh on the show with us today and for all the work that you're doing to represent so many. Uh, you're always so generous with your time and your great insights. And it's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, everyone. Well, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll be talking to Sid Dixon, the superintendent of the state uh, school board. We're so happy to have her with us. Please come back.